Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, November the 4th in 2021 on When Our Rise. We're currently in year B, proper week 27, which is the 24th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage for the week. So we're getting the book of Hebrews, once again, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 through 28. So a shorter passage this week. So let me read that passage. I've got to provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning and when our eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 through 28. For Christ did not enter into a holy place with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth, who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. This is the word of God for us. I think one of the issues that we deal with when we come to the Bible and want to take it seriously is how do we deal with these two Testaments? How do we deal with an Old Testament that has ancient Israel story? Then how do we deal with the New Testament where the deals with Christians who made Jesus their Messiah of Israel and they, they, and they themselves are trying to make sense of all that long and winding road of a story. And so there's been a, many different ways. This is oversimplistic explanation, uh, but a couple different dominant ways that people try to reconcile these two testaments, at least in an orthodox way. Some say, well, the old was an era that um, is over and done with. And whenever we got to the New Testament, like we opened up a brand new box and uh, we can only refer to the old as old and dated and expired and the new as the current version of what God is doing in the world. So this is uh, talking about different eras of God working within the world. But then there's other Christian traditions that say, no, there's one covenant God, one covenant story, and it's a He's got a, just a ready commitment to it, and therefore we have to somehow figure out how the old and new work together. And this is where I think the book of Hebrews helps us, because the book of Hebrews, when it talks about like the old pattern of doing worship, what priests used to do for sacrifices of sins and what Jesus did, it doesn't seem to give the language of that was done for a season, only for that time, and therefore it's expired and it was it's not necessarily longer. And it doesn't, you know, share that uh, Jesus completely um, replaces um, all that has done before. But it seems like what it talks about, uh, uh, what it talks about, I think maybe the, the better metaphor is the Old Testament was for a period of time, but it seemed to prepare us for a greater reality that was unveiled. It's one of the one of the great theological ideas of our tradition is the idea of revelation. Revelation is this idea of an unveiling of something, like something was covered, like it was there, but it was covered over. 
and at the proper time God unveiled which that which was covered and so the yearly sacrifice from priests um, how what they did for themselves and for the community it seemed to be a preparation I'm a sports guy so I think of like on deck circle of the batter uh, timing pitches uh, as they're up next in batting and so they're watching the pitcher closely uh, they're swinging the bat to warm up their muscles uh, they're beginning to block out any other things they could concentrate on just concentrate on their next at bat they're looking at outs and they're looking at base runners looking at game situations they're uh, perhaps talking with their coach it, it all adds up to the next thing and so that's what we see probably that's the conclusion and the the way in which the writer of Hebrews is trying to reconcile that which had gone before them and now what they're experiencing today is that the thing before was a preparation and that means it was useful, it was valuable, and God was in the middle of it. I think sometimes when you get into the two eras thing, what you can see is an over-trivialization of the thing that happened before, uh, what C.S. Lewis would call a chronological snobbery. And if we know anything, that uh, snobbery does not lead to Christ-likeness and uh, for Christian discipleship. So what uh, what is a better posture is to say, no, the, 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 the ancient stories, that was a preparation, that was a faithfulness, that was actually progress, that was actually an advancement to other options in their world. And it was pulling God's story forward until the time when Jesus and his plan and what it meant and its significance was going to be unveiled or revealed to all of us. And so what does that mean for us today? I think that we, what, what that means for us today is that you and I come to a God, we have needs that we're going to pray for. We pray to a God who's been at this game a long time in different times with different people in different parts of the globe uh, with different global and local issues. But this God uh, has never wavered in his faithfulness. He's never wavered in his plan. This God has been sticking with it, and he's going to be sticking with it all the way to the end. And I think that gives you and I confidence as we pray today that we don't, we don't pray to a God who's going to close up shop tomorrow, um, that he's going to continue to fit his plan in the midst of all of the things that are happening in your life, my life, and the world around us. Uh, therefore, we can have rest and peace and uh, we can be prepared for the day in front of us. So keep those things in mind as we spend some time in prayer this morning. As a God who is faithful yesterday, he's going to be faithful today, and he's going to make it all belong and work together. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that you've been kind, and I thank you that as you draw us into a family, the people of God, and even though we're not perfect, um, what I sense among my experience in the family of God is that you've drawn us into a kind family because we are your people. And I believe that kindness stems from many different things, but that kindness seems to also stem from how unanxious you are, how non-anxious you are about current events and the future outworking of things. But you've been the one God who's been working his plan together from the very beginning. And so, God, each of us come with anxiety today because we have pain in our life. We have uncertainty in our life. We have um, issues in our life that prevent us from walking in freedom. And so we can't help it. We come to you pretty desperate. We come to you completely unaware of what we should do next. And I thank you to say that we can lean on you. And as we lean on you, we know that we can make it through yet another day because you will hold us and sustain us. And so, God, I pray for my friends as we gather for prayer today. Uh, many of us, we just have a, 
a different quotient of worries and concerns, but I thank you that your word tells us that we can cast all our cares before you uh, because you'll never let the righteous fall. And so God, I pray that as we cast our burdens to you, I pray that you give us uh, the experience of knowing that you're with us and that uh, we are forgiven and free. And because of that, we can face this day with the confidence that you give us. So God, may grace uh, constrain us and compel us to works that please your name today. And I pray that uh, we would see you move in our lives and in the world around us in a demonstrative way today. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.